Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, it was a basketball game yesterday. Heck yeah, it was a winning basketball game. I yesterday. thought the Pistons could be the Pistons at any time, and you had said yourself, it felt like a broad, like an old Browns game. Explain. The whole time, Kenny, uh, the Pistons were hitting shots, they're making threes, uh, I saw some Cavs fans. I started getting texts like, oh, here we go. Garland's back and Mobley's back, and now we're going to lose to the worst I was team. Get, I was getting the tweets. I was getting the texts. I was yeah. getting, and I was getting annoyed. Now we're going to lose to the worst team in basketball. Donovan Mitchell has to do it all. You don't even want to know about the Max Struess texts. I get. They're very different from probably. Uh, just do your, just do your champions post. No, no, no. Just so, do it again. So I, I'm getting these yesterday, and then fourth quarter came around. And fourth quarter for teams like, back in the day, the Browns, there used to be some Cavs teams where this was the case, too. The non-LeBron Cavs teams before this iteration. Oh, speaking of LeBron. Fourth quarter was losing time. Where no matter what you did all game, no matter what was going your way, no matter how hard you were playing, come fourth quarter, get to your losing. <laughs> it's time to lose. Catch catch a losing. No. The first thing I thought of was that game against the Packers where that, they didn't that, have Aaron Rodgers. That's the first game I think of. It was of. Brett Hundley. They were up yes. by 14 in the fourth quarter. It's like, nope, you better get ready to lose because yep. you're going to do your losing. And that's exactly <laughs> what went down. It was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. And all parties all parties involved were happy when it was all said and done. Yeah, they were. Cavs continue their winning ways. They're feeling really good. I mean, you are right there now with Milwaukee for the two seed. You'd have the tiebreaker over Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And the question starts to become like, all right, you, you, nobody thinks this Cavs team is is going to the NBA Finals. Like, look at the odds. In fact, somebody posted yesterday, I think it was Shams, because he's affiliated with one of the, the sports books. And he had all the different odds at different point in time. And I think yesterday... It was like the worst odds the Cavs had had to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, or was it to be? Was it to win the Eastern Conference Finals? I'm not sure, but people are like, "How could this be? We're, we're the hottest team in the NBA, and we're getting everybody healthy. Why is it?" Well, it's because nobody thinks you could beat Boston. I mean, that's just that's just a reality. But who the hell cares? Like, let's see, let's see. You heard JB with the press conference. Like, we're good. We're going to be good. They're already good. Yeah. This is an incredible turnaround. Why doesn't anybody think you can beat Boston? Is it just nobody can beat Boston? What, what, like, what is Milwaukee's odds? What I, I didn't see the odds, so I'm going into this blind. Yeah, I don't, What are the odds? I'll, I'll try to pull it up, but, yeah, I mean, I think I think most would still have Milwaukee ahead of the Cavs, despite the fact you just beat them two out of three. Um, and what, three out of four in the year? And they just went through a coaching mm-hmm. change, and the Dame Lillard stuff has 
while he has hit a bunch of, you know, clutch shots in the last minute to help them win, like, had they have not had those big moments from Dame Lillard, I mean, they would be way back. Mm-hmm. He has, like, saved them in some of those those close games. And, of course, they have Giannis. So, I think that's part of it, too. I think playoff basketball, guys like Giannis, their um, the advantage that they have over you kind of extends. Okay, I can, I can, I guess I can buy that. I guess I can do that. Do you, so I, I got a little bit annoyed. What, how long do we give the Darius Garland thing before we give it any credence? Because well, what, I have, I've, what is I the Darius Garland I, thing? I completely ignore everybody because they came, he came back yesterday and he looked uh, he looked spry. Cavs are sixth, by the way, in the Eastern Conference to win to win the Eastern Conference. But what they're in sixth? Okay, but what seed are they? Still fourth. Currently, they're fourth right okay. now. Because when Boston's you say six, one to yeah. one, Cavs are twenty-two to gl- one. Yeah, I'm glad you clarified that. For the Eastern odds, Conference. there we go. So they're they have the six best odds in the Eastern Conference, but the fourth right now, tied I'm with the Pacers in the Eastern odds. Conference. All right, really tied with the Pacers. Tied with the Indiana Pacers. That's a big conversation that I don't want to jump into right now. Don't you know what? I'm going to hold back on that. Um. I already got. I already started getting the tweets about Darius Garland. Already started getting the texts about Darius Garland. I go, okay. How long do I got to wait before I take the gloves off here? Because I, 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 I immediately just didn't think of him. I go, that's enough. Done. I took none of them seriously. I. It, it got to the point where I wanted to say, you don't know basketball, but I stopped because I go, well, I don't want to be that dismissive of everything. So what do I do? Is, is there any possibility that it is a problem bubbling up? I'm asking questions. I'm not trying to upset anybody. I guess I, it's like Donovan Mitchell has to score 30 plus, 40 plus. He had 45 last night. Like, he just was not going to let them be yeah. the butt of jokes and lose to the Pistons. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell has been just, just unbelievable. I mean, you start to make the argument the way he's played over the last three weeks, like this, this might, and we've seen some great Donovan Mitchell. This might even be the best Donovan Mitchell we've seen. Can we work some things out, please? Can we well, do what that? do we need to work out? I don't. I don't see the issue. I mean, I thought Darius Garland came back last night. Well, we're going to have to figure out within how... the flow mostly of the offense. So how many threes did they take? They took nearly forty threes. They were thirty four percent from the field. The Pistons were like fifty seven percent throughout shot, most of the game. It's not too often an NBA team goes sixteen to thirty one and loses. Yeah, from three point range. Normally, that's almost a guaranteed win. But like you said, losing time is losing time, and that was losing time. So when you have Darius Garland in there, like you understand, like immediately, if you don't play as well as you have been, like was last night to you a night where they rolled out the basketballs and figured some things out, and then Darius or Donovan Mitchell said, "I'm, I've had enough of this." I I'm thought yesterday looked like win. A, yesterday was an AAU game. Okay, there was, there was not a lot no, of that, defense being played. So that makes me feel a little bit better. That's not, what I'm trying to say. The, the Cavs, like on an effort scale, the Clippers on a scale of one to ten, that was a ten. This was like a three. Okay, I'm just. I'm making sure. Which which is why you know they're good because they can they can withstand the other team shooting 50% for three and they still just kind of casually did what they needed to do, went on a 10-0 run in the fourth, and boom, that's the game. So are you happy that they have them back in the – they have yes. Darius Garland back in the lineup? Yes, because part of the reason that I think the Cavs are not getting the acclaim and nobody thinks they're they're going – and this could start to change now – but nobody really thinks they're going to have this deep run into the playoffs uh-huh. is because while it's been awesome seeing the way that they've won all these games shorthanded, the thought is that when everybody gets back, that 
they're going to they're going to encounter some of the issues that they had early on in the season, which I think is a, a bad narrative because they didn't have all their guys really healthy that much to start the season. You know, when they started out 500 and we we had that 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 fateful game in Detroit and you got Brian Winhorst saying, "Hey, you had that have gone bad." Dan Gilbert was sitting courtside. That might have been the end of JB Bickerstaff. You remember way back when? It seems like a, an eternity ago. But they were struggling. Yeah. They they were not they playing were. well together. Donovan Mitchell yeah, and Darius were not playing well together. The Evan Mobley thing seemed to be going backwards. The stunted growth that, offensively. Yeah, I don't take that away. I don't say that they weren't. And uh, you know, I, I I wasn't saying anything. I'm just I'm I'm pointing out that a lot of people tend to want to put it on one person, whether it be Evan Mobley, whether it be Darius Garland. Well, and normally in sports, and, when and they're you, not even struggling. I mean, they're winning basketball oh, games. Yeah. They're winning like uh, they, they won eleven of, of twelve here. But when Teams in professional sports they 11 and win two in shorthand. What's Sorry, that? I'm, I'm talking over you. When teams win in professional sports shorthanded, or really any sport, yeah. you always think, well, they're just gonna they're gonna add their better guys, and then they're gonna really take off. For some reason, there has been this weird national sentiment that I don't think it's held by many locally. I, I th- those are weird fans that are texting you or tweeting you that. I don't see that to be the majority, but for some reason, people think that they're going to get Mobley and Garland back when they get their real minutes, it's going to make them a worse team than they were during that run. And I I just can't understand that because while, yes, I don't want Sam Merrill to drop out of the rotation or, you know, to, to, to some extent, Craig Porter Jr., who is out of the rotation now. Those guys were holding it down. They were playing well, but they do not have the talent that Evan Mobley and Darius Garland have. They just don't. So, in the long run, you're going to be better, yes, with Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. I would hope so. I would hope so. By the way, you said it was a national sentiment. I, 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 I get mine from fans. Okay. I get mine from fans. I, I know that you, we are different. I'm not trying to put you in a, in a box here. I, you and I are different on the people we talk to. I talk to a lot of general fans, and I get a lot of general, ah, oh, they're better without Darius Garland. They need to move on from Darius Garland. Or I get a lot of, they're better without, Donovan Mitchell was a bad trade. They could be better. they just as bad with Donovan Mitchell, just as good without, without Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I hear all that type of stuff. Because it always seems to be anytime they win without one of them, then people say it's addition by subtraction. And I'm thinking, man, that's nuts. Now, I understand in the classic sense of basketball that, yeah, when you have two guys that are just a bit over six foot in your backcourt, it's not necessarily going to make things great. And I remember what Jason said yesterday about shooting threes. By the way, Evan Mobley shot, what, one three yesterday? Yeah, one three. One. Got against one up. Detroit. So, yeah. so already Jason he Lloyd. Hoisted one. The influence of Jason Lloyd is right there for everybody to see. He missed it, but he did it. He, he hoisted one. Well, Lloyd doesn't care. He he's, Lloyd never said anything about making threes. No, no. It's about the taking of the threes. Anybody can make threes. It's the taking of the threes. I heard him on that, and then I became very distracted yesterday. <laughs> so I had to run out, but I'm like, I still don't know if that's it. Because, again, just because you're trying threes, if he if he goes out there and he's just missing the threes, it's not going to work in the postseason. That's my issue with what Jason said. I don't want to give away what we can sell later, but it's just not going it, to – that's not going to fly. Because you're in professional basketball. High school kids would do that. Like, if, if you see anything on tape and you see some goofball trying a shot he shouldn't take – he might get lucky and hit that shot, but a lot of times, especially with veterans and people who know what they're doing, yeah, go ahead, take that shot, whatever. Well, according and to I didn't ES- know that until just a few years ago. I'll admit that. According to ESPN stats and info, you miss one hundred percent of the threes you don't take. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So you got to try them. 
apparently. But I just disagreed with Jason. I go, man, do we really want to put that on him down the stretch run? Because if we're saying, well, you got to bring out, you got to bring out forwards to to open up lanes for everybody else in the drive. Yes, that tell you, would that, that the works thing, in a perfect world. And, if Evan can hit the threes, if they don't trust him to hit the threes, then there's no point because nobody's going to come out on him. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested in Evan Mobley from the standpoint of somebody taking number three overall in the draft. Right, and immediately people are like, "He's the best player in the draft." That's calling like us it, unicorn. It it took it it took about three weeks of play that year for people to realize, "Oh my God, he's he's better than everybody." Mm-hmm. Somehow, you know, Scotty Barnes ended up winning Rookie of the Year, and now, you know, in the redrafts, I'm seeing people say Mobley wouldn't even be taken in the top three. Um, that that's just by nature, you know, he's been out. Now he's back, and people are going to see what an incredible player he is defensively. I do wonder. Classic he, overcorrection. He's yeah, it does Classic happen. Classic overcorrection of the media. And he is up for the max extension. I think the the Cavs can offer that. You know, right after the season, mm-hmm. it is going to be interesting to see how accepting of his role. Because what I believe his role to be was not what Jason Lloyd was talking about yesterday. Like him coming down, shooting three. I, I, I just don't think on this team right now. Yeah. Yeah. Five, three years from now, I expect him to have that shot. I expect him to be way more aggressive and look way more like a unicorn offensively. Right now at this stage of the game, especially with the talent around him and as well coached as this team is right now, you know I'll repeat is? that to everybody, yeah. how well coached. I wonder if that's going to be, and I don't think it should be because he seems like a great team player how difficult that's going to be for him to be, at times, the fourth or fifth option. Can I make an argument? As a third overall pick. Can I, can I make a uh, comparison? Mm-hmm. They they weren't the same. Like, there was obviously more fever for one guy in college than the other one. Can I make a comp? Evan, let me throw this out there. You don't like it, throw it right back at me, all right? This is for the room. Everybody, ready? Let me workshop this with you. Evan is Tua Tungavailoa. Okay. Media loved him. Didn't do so hot. Now media is in the overcorrection. Now people are now. It seems the media loves Tua, and now they're kind of all right. Where does he fit on the scale of all the other quarterbacks that are out there? Because you just said with the talent he has around him. Okay, well, what's Tua Tagovailoa with Jalen Waddle, with Tyreek Hill, with that running game, even with the injured offensive line? Like that's what I'm trying to think. So what's Evan Mobley with? Darius Garland with Donovan Mitchell with Jared Allen playing at, at an exceptional rate. Like, what's he with his with his talent around him? I know he, he's not a point guard, so I, I can't say that much. But I'm trying to make a comparison that transcends the sports with the media's reaction to it because I, I thought it was a classic overreaction. Well, Evans great. Evans great. Evans a disappointment. Why is he a disappointment? Why well, hasn't been on the floor? Well, it's year three. Well, they're supposed to be because. You look at some of the other guys that have been taken with them. Do they have the same? T- do they have the same? Let me ask you this: Do they have the same expectation with their teams as what maybe Evan Mobley was supposed to with the Cleveland Cavaliers with Donovan Mitchell when they trade three first round picks for him? I don't know if that's the same team expectation once you make that type of trade. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I, I think it's interesting because he's gonna have to take a back seat. Not that he was ever that. He was never a, a like a. Uh, chucker or anything like that. Like I, I, I think no. he's played within the confines of the offense. But for a third overall pick, normally third overall pick in their third year, they they are turning into the guy on their team offensively, mm-hmm. and that's just not going to be the way they're playing. They have Donovan Mitchell, they have Darius Garland. There is there's no way they have Karis Lavert coming off the bench, and and he he's been spectacular on so many nights. Last night, this is what you want to monitor because in the first game, I do not think Mobley or Allen shared the floor. 
And so they're like, oh, that's how Bickerstaff's going to do this. He's listening to the, the doubters of it playing the two big men. He's staggering the big men. Last night, they played nine minutes together. Defensively, they were you know, nothing short of dominant when those two were in. One of their best lineups defensively. But I'm looking at the lineup data right now. Yeah. Offensively, they struggled a little bit together. So, And that makes sense. That makes sense that they would because – you know, they, they they don't have as much shooting when those two are on the floor together. I will be monitoring to see how Bickerstaff is going to play those guys, especially in fourth quarters of close games. 8.20 this morning, Mary Kay Cavett going to join us on the show. Coming up at 6.40, folks, I'm already concerned. You're telling me to be, but I, I'm already. I can't be more concerned than what I already am. What am I concerned about? I'll tell you at 6.40. Up next, about last night, and remember, Billy Joel and Rod Stewart tickets – at 9.20 this morning, but you have to listen for that code word so you can enter it in at 923thefan.com. Billy Joel, Rod Stewart tickets, 9.20, coming up on The Fan about last night, next on The Fan. Now, the Ken Carmen Show with Anthony Lima give their thoughts on what you might have missed about last night. All right, Cavaliers, what else is new? Another victory. Kenny, has the winning gotten too old? No, it's not. I enjoy the winning. But there, we have gotten to the point where now they have to win with a bit of a style. Yeah, I know, but I enjoy the winning. But uh, we have to win with a bit of a style because there were some people, I think they had the same idea as me where they were going to go, yeah, we're watching half of the Cavs and they're playing Detroit and then we'll just uh, move on about our day. And uh, couldn't do that. Had to watch it. Yeah, so I mean, couldn't imagine, see Sopranos. Imagine couldn't see you, anything else. You paid your hard-earned money to go to that game last night. Got I a imagine, basketball game. I imagine that was cheaper than most of the high-profile games. You got 35 minutes of Donovan Mitchell, and you got 45 points. You got the return of Evan Mobley and Darius Garland. And while you and I both know that didn't look like playoff basketball. We had a mutual friend who went to the game. He was upset. And yeah, but it's like, how is that not entertaining? I mean, it might have been a glorified so, AU game at, at points. But in the fourth quarter, when winning time came around, here you are. Donovan Mitchell was out there, and he was dominant. So which one is the more satisfying experience for a Cavalier fan? For a Cavalier fan, you've won both those games. Yeah. You beat Milwaukee by 40. There's no Giannis. Chris Middleton was, I mean, is oh, it's a good he question. Wasn't, it wasn't the most. It wasn't the most unprofessional performance I've ever seen. But certainly, I wouldn't call it. You know, I wouldn't call it Joe Dumars here. That's a good question. And then you have the Pistons who are here, and they are a six-win basketball team, and you kind of struggle to put them away, and then you finally put them away at the end. You really didn't even struggle. You kind of asked. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Stop for three and a half quarters and then you put them away in the end. Yeah. So which one is the more satisfying experience? Like a, a person who went to both games. I'm always about... Like, is there someone who went to the Bucks game and wished they went to the, the Pistons game? I, I like that this one was competitive in the fourth quarter. So I'd probably say this one, but I can't argue. If somebody wants to call in and say, no, Milwaukee, they 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 beat Milwaukee, and they still had Dame Lillard. So that was the most yeah. notable guy of either of these rosters. I mean, Kate Cunningham is a young, upstart guy. I have loved, for a long time, uh, Bogdanovich. He's one of the two... Bogdanovi in the NBA. I'd take either of them. I love both those guys. But, yeah, I'd say yesterday because you got to see everybody. Remember, Mobley didn't play in that game. Darius Garland didn't play in that game. And, of course, we know Giannis didn't play I, in that game. Because, remember, I took Axel to the Cardinals game. I made the conscious choice to take him to the Cardinals game instead of the 49ers game. I had the choice, and I went, yeah, I'm going to take him to the Cardinals game. And people are going, why? You guys know why. What would have been the more satisfying experience? The Cardinals game or the 49ers game? Like, he'll remember both, but mm, 49ers game probably would have been the more satisfying experience. The atmosphere would have been much better in hindsight. Of course, the weather was nice at the Cardinals game, and everybody was just kind of having a good time in the fourth quarter. It was a dominant performance. Yeah, it was a really nice fourth quarter for everybody. Kind of just enjoyed the experience and... Let it just go on over everybody. No one was upset. The Cardinals, I, we walked down to the tunnels. Cardinals weren't upset. Browns fans were happy. <laughs> what a nice day it actually. Very you know what? Nice. I take it back. Cardinals game would have been better because if we would have walked down to the tunnels, who knows what anybody from the 49ers would have said. Browns were bebopping and scatting all over the place. And this one was just like, hey, nice day, everybody. Let's go yeah. out and enjoy the rest of this sunshine. All right, for Darius Garland, 20 minutes in his return, 7-12 from the field, 2-6 from three-point range, and he... Had 19 points in his return, and he talked about it after the game. It was long overdue. Yeah, it was definitely a long process, just going with all the stuff that I've been through. This last month, it was definitely tough, but uh, like I said, it's good to be back out there with the guys and uh, just to share the flow with them again. It was, it was great. Not to mention yesterday, because of their return, you're seeing some jockeying for position when it comes to the minutes. Uh, you're wondering who's going to be in, who's going to be out of the rotation yesterday. Uh, Porter did not play. Porter Jr. Also, uh, Merrill did get 16 minutes after only getting seven minutes uh, in that Clippers game. And he was able to connect on three three-pointers. So how about that depth, Coach? 
we've got depth and it's going to be, you know, up to all of us to kind of embrace that depth. You know, I've got to figure out and do a, you know, better job of handling the rotations and those things so people can get an opportunity to get comfortable. But again, those things will come and I'm just, you know, they're good problems to have. <laughs> you know, I'd rather have that depth than not. And which is weird because you have fans acting like it's not a good problem to have. What are we going to do with the minutes? What are we going to do with the rotations? JB is going to mangle these rotate. Like we're all preemptively, not we all, there, there's a, an element that is preemptively acting like this is going to be sabotaged now by the coach. The coach has been unbelievable. Why are we doubting JB? Because of the playoff series last year? All right, probably. Five, five games was not good playoff series. Well, you said it yourself. We can't learn from you, these things. You said it yourself. You said it yourself, even though you put all the heat on us for whatever reason. I'm still upset with you about that yesterday. How many people who are complaining a little bit have really been paying attention through the first half of the season? True. Yeah, I think. So I think, the last time I think they now were, you have a lot of new fans back exactly. in the fold now because football's over. The last. And by the way, I welcome you all. I'm not going to call you out on opinions and say you weren't watching or whatever because I have no evidence to tell you otherwise. But I bet a lot of people were watching the postseason series, and that's the last impression they had. And so it seems that some of those those opinions of last year in the postseason series have bled over to this year where, oh, we don't need Darius Garland, and you can see it. We shouldn't have traded this for Donovan Mitchell. We shouldn't have got Evan Mobley. He's not good. You guys are liars. Like, I think a lot of that stuff bleeds over. Now let's get to football. Kenny, we will talk Cavs more later in the show. Uh, The Cleveland Browns, we're still waiting to find out what's going on when it comes to who the play caller will be. That will be discussed, obviously. Uh, Expecting, by the way, press conference. Little Birdie told me Monday. Monday might get a press conference. For who again? When it comes to the Browns and the new OC. And maybe we'll hear more. Monday press conference. How the roles will start to take shape. You won't even get the reply. You won't even get the reply to it. We don't know that. We don't know that. We don't know what's going on. Well, the baby's going to come here some point. I guess. Today is the due date, by the way. February February 1 for baby Enzo? Yep. As I'm getting some battle. That could be baby Enzo's, Enzo the baby's first press conference. The new OC. What was Axel's first press conference? Wonder who's going to be credentialed to ask questions at that press conference. Eastern Conference Finals was Axel's first. Yeah, I'm thinking Brown's press conference. Probably wasn't a good one. You don't know that. It wasn't good. It was 2015. I bet it wasn't a great one. It was. Probably not. Unless it was right after the win. When was that? The win over the Chargers. He was born in June. Oh, yeah. You guys have the same birthday. That was Christmas Eve. That's right. There you go. 2015, it was Johnny Menzel's going to be the quarterback. There is is a question about which receiver. A lot of people think the Browns are going to. A lot of sources. A lot of people think the Browns are going to spend money on wide receiver, potentially trade for a wide receiver to add them to the fold. T. Higgins has been a name that has come up. James Rapine in Cincinnati, former co worker of ours and now resident Bengal Homer down there, had this to say about T. Higgins. He's not going to hit free agency. They'll tag him. And they'll tag him because wide receiver is as valuable as it's ever been in the history of the NFL. And there's a reason why they'll look at it and, you know, Sauce Gardner tweets that T. Higgins should come to New York. And then Deshaun Watson talks on his podcast about, hey, family ties with the, you know, David Mulligetta. And look, I, I get all that. I do. I think the Bengals will look at it and say, okay, we know how valuable he is. The, the league wants him. And we don't know, like if you're Duke Tobin, you don't know when you're going to be able to replace him, how you can replace him. But I do think you tag him 
the question for me is, are you open to trading him? Do you decide to trade him because it's kind of a one and done type situation? If you do tag him and keep him, that's the interesting part that I think the Bengals should be open to, assuming they can't get a long-term deal done. When you hear that, Kenny, does that, uh, does that, is that? I, I'm moving on. Well, that's, I'm moving on. Yeah, moving on. They make it sound like they might not have that much the money down there, though. What, what are you going to trade for the Bengals for T. Higgins? What can we trade the Bengals for T. Higgins? Do you want T. Higgins that bad? A lot of people do. Can I interest you in a nice uh, Gabe Davis? Yeah, you may. Well, that, Gabe was kind of stone hands at re- times. That was not a reason. I don't, I don't know about Gabe. Gabe yes. Davis, who uh, looked like he wanted to go into the stands in Buffalo Cheaper. to attack his own fans at but the end of the do year. You, do you want passion or what do you want? At 700 yards last year, got in the end zone. He gets in the end zone. I, what, did he have seven touchdowns last year? Yeah, he was a nice uh, uh, safety blanket for Josh Allen at times. Look it up. I know he had seven touchdowns last year. There you go. Is that it for about last that's night? That's it for about last night. Okay, maybe I can interest you in a nice Gabe Davis. Maybe that's a nice. Why do we need to look it up if you know it? I don't know it. I'm guessing off the top of my head. That's what, And then I'm telling Mitch to make sure that we are correct when I say that I think he had seven touchdowns. If it comes yeah, back and it's like Kenny seven had Seven touchdowns. All right. There we go. Yeah, Gabe I know about Davis football. Update. There we go. Hey, uh, um, <laughs> uh, fix my life. Coming up at uh, 7.45, where a father, too many Fs in this, a father made a guarantee to his family, and now he has to pay up. That coming up at 7.45. Up next, uh, guys, I'm already concerned about the Browns. Who made the decision doesn't matter to me. Let's not overblow this. Ken Carmen, Anthony Lyman, we'll hear from Jason Lloyd next on The Fan. I'm already concerned, so it doesn't it doesn't hurt my concern level or raise my concern level. Lloyd told us this yesterday, and I, I don't know. I was supposed to bleep myself with fear over it, Tone, and I'm going, the reason the Browns are making this decision, whether or not it's, and tell me if I'm sticking my head in the sand here. Because Kevin Stefanski could possibly be a two-time coach of the year, so I think for a lot of people, it would seem like the coach should have that power, right? But if you are his boss and you do believe that you know best, if you were my boss, Anthony, and you believe that you know, how about this? The marble mouth of Crawford County is my boss. And whether I like it or not, he's going to tell me he knows best. Today's his birthday, by the way. Happy birthday. That's the most he's going to get out of me. And I got to do as he tells me. He's my boss. That's the way it goes. So I might wield a lot of power over this show and all the other things, but if he tells me as much as I may not like it, damn it, I got to do it. So when it comes to the Browns, Kevin Stefanski might have all the power when it comes to his team and all the power when it comes to his hallways, but if one of the guys upstairs who is his boss has something to say to him, and needs it done the way he believes it needs to be done, then damn it, Kevin's got to do it. Because Jason warned everybody yesterday where he didn't know or he doesn't necessarily believe that bringing in Ken Dorsey is Kevin Stefanski's decision. A lot of times I roll my eyes at the play calling and I think it's overblown. But in this instance, like, there's a lot of questions about and that still really haven't been answered about why AVP is out, why Ken is here, who's going to be calling the plays. There's just a lot of uncertainty with how this whole thing went down and whose call was it and why were these decisions made. And I don't think – I know I don't have the clarity on it. I've got pretty good suspicions and pretty good theories, but I don't have – 
any clarity or confirmation on how this whole thing went down. And I, I am a little bit troubled by, by how all this looks right now, for sure. Yeah. Jason has a sneaking suspicion. Michael Lombardi, he's wondering why. Well, I think if you know the Browns, it's going to be collaborative. You know, I think that's the way it is there in the building. I think that the analytical department will have some commentary on it. I'm sure Deep Podesta will have some commentary on it. I'm sure that, you know, Andrew Berry will. I'm sure Jimmy Haslam and Dee Haslam will as well. But I think, you know, what we lead more than anything in football today is, a, is as a head coach, as a strategist, somebody to understand how to play the game, what you need to do to win the game. And I think Kevin making this move to, to kind of separate himself from being a tactician to a strategist just is a good thing because now you can oversee the game. Now you can go over and help out Schwartz. You can have an impact on the defense. You can have an impact with Bubba Ventrone on the off, on the special teams. You could have an impact with the offense and you could stand in front of the team and you could watch the game. Instead of looking at your play sheet and checking things off, you could actually watch the game and make decisions on the game predicated on what's happening. So there's Michael Lombardi on it. Immediately, some people went, oh, boy. And I, and I, at first, I was. I was, a, I was a bit concerned with the conversation we had had with Jason. I went, you know what? I got to think about this. And I'm glad, I'm glad we had Jason on at 9, and I kind of could think about it overnight. Is anybody in this room not concerned about Deshaun Watson? Speak now. I'm waiting. Anybody else not? Well, you know, you is know anybody my, not you know concerned? my feelings on Deshaun is, Watson. Is anybody in this room, Mitch, Owen, anybody, Whatever dust bunnies are around, are any of them not concerned about Deshaun Watson? Okay, so everybody's concerned about Deshaun Watson. The Browns made this decision because they're concerned about Deshaun Watson. There's no doubt in my mind. They'll tell you in press conferences that everything's hunky-dory. And I'm not saying that there's a seedy underbelly to anything here. But you want to make sure that he's confident and ready to go. They're concerned. They know that there's no other way to do this. So what, no matter what we want to say, and no matter people begging and pleading and trying to look through the fine print of whatever contract he has as fans, it's ironclad, buddy. You only got one way to go, and that's through him. So they're going to do everything they possibly can to make this thing work. And they could have seen it where it was six games. It's been 12 games altogether, right? And really, so said, really 11 because okay. what, the 12th start. Good point. Like four plays. It's been eleven. Plays. It's been eleven games altogether. Thank you, because I didn't want to say he's five and one, because yeah. I said he was four and one. You don't really want to look into that game. And same with you. Eleven games altogether. If it's been eleven games altogether with Deshaun Watson, I can't say that he and Kevin Stefanski have worked in sync. I can't do it. Can you? Not for longer than maybe a half or three fully, quarters in the Tennessee game. But it's been fully in sync. I can't say it. So they're making this move predicated on they are concerned about next year and making sure that things are at full song next year because I think that they believe that they got away with one this year. So why am I more concerned? I'm already concerned about the quarterback and how well he's going to play next season, his health and everything else that goes with it. Why should I be more concerned that they made the decision? If they don't, if, if they fail, Kevin Stefanski is going to be gone anyway, and we're going to be wondering about the quarterback. We'll be in the same place that we could be even if Kevin Stefanski didn't make the decision, Anthony. Now, that might sound like I'm sticking my head in the sand, but I'm, I'm looking for clarity here. That's, that's, to me, it's as clear as it can get. Like, hey, man, this don't work out. You're going to be in hell anyway if you really believe that this needs to be done. And I can't put words in Kevin's mouth, and I'm not going to, but I can speculate. Obviously, he probably didn't want to make a decision there. If he really likes AVP, and we were hearing from AVP, or excuse me, sources were hearing from AVP back and forth whether or not he knew he was let go or staying or whatever it was, they wouldn't necessarily commit to him being let go or any of that other stuff. And so maybe he didn't necessarily think it. And here we are a few weeks later. Ken Dorsey is in. I 
a lot of things in my bones tell me he's going to call plays. Now, Mary Kay says that that's not in stone, and we'll talk about that coming up at 820 with Mary Kay. But a lot of things in my bones tell me that Ke- that Ken Dorsey's going to call these plays. And if they believe that it's going to be better for the future of Deshaun Watson, then damn it, they got to make that decision. They got to go with it. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to get crazy right now because I thought Kevin Stefanski last year answered a lot of the questions I had about him mm-hmm. where I wondered could he could he deal with turmoil, adversity surrounding a team in the, in the years past it was Odell Beckham and the Baker Mayfield stuff and then dealing with Baker's injury and then Genevieve Clowney. Like those were I thought legitimate questions about whether or not Stefanski could control what goes on with the team and still win. Remember, we had said Mike Tomlin has all sorts of eruptions with his team over the years, yet they still have a winning record every year regardless of the quarterback play, regardless of that. Regardless of that. Well, last year, I thought Kevin Stefanski, don't we all agree, answered those questions and was able to figure out, hey, who's my quarterback this week? What offense can I run with that quarterback this week? Mm-hmm. Can I get that down pat? in uh, preparation for quarterback that week. I thought we saw that. I mean, P.J. Walker against the 49ers. Uh, we, we saw that with DTR yeah. at times. We saw it with Deshaun Watson right before the injury with the second half, the big adjustments that were made against the Baltimore Ravens where the down-the-field passing game wasn't working. If So let me rein that in. I thought we saw all of that with Stefanski last year. So I'm a little curious as to why people are like, well, he has to give up the play calling. Like, not only did the play calling excel with the quarterback play at the end of the year that they were able to make a stretch run and make the postseason. It's not just a play calling issue, I think. I think it's an entire relationship of a man inside another man's helmet and talking to him and and, and feeding him through the system. If the system is confusing, if the system is not something he's comfortable with, for any modicum of reasons, or any, excuse me, not modicum, but any, any assortment of reasons, then it's going to be something that's concerning for the football team. And so you say we had 11 games. There's not one person out there who can say that everything was working smoothly or nearly as smoothly as what they did with Joe Flacco. I'll use him as the example. I got to tell you, it seemed to be working more smoothly in the other games, not the game against Baltimore. It seemed to be more working more smoothly with Dorian Thompson-Robinson because Dorian Thompson-Robinson's a rookie, and he don't know any better. So if he's just going to do what the coach is telling him to do, that's fine. But there's clearly something that is a little rocky in the beginning of football games that might have a spell for the rest of the game. And if they can fix that, I can't say I'm advocating for it. I'm not advocating for it. But I'm trying to look for clarity in the decision-making that they made. And if it's like, well, it's supposed to be Kevin Stefanski's decision. Well, if it was Kevin Stefanski's decision to call plays, and he's staying there and he's calling plays, and this thing doesn't work out, we're going to put it on Kevin Stefanski, or we're going to have to put it on Kevin Stefanski because we have no choice. Because Deshaun Watson is here no matter what anybody thinks and no matter what anybody says. He is here. It is ironclad. You cannot escape that contract. So there's nothing else you can do. You have to move through the coach and say, we need to make Deshaun Watson as comfortable as possible. And you don't think Stefanski is capable of doing that? In 11 games, I have not seen clear evidence that he always has. Does this have something to do also with Deshaun talking about the scripted plays? I don't know. No, he said that after all this. He said that after all no, this. No, no, but I'm asking you, do you do you think that there there's a problem that like the offense is too formatted, too rigid for somebody like Deshaun Watson? Like we have to let Deshaun cook. Well, after ever, to, to after, quote everybody <laughs> that, that's been following Russell Wilson the after, last few years. After the scripted plays, he seemed to cook and he seemed to do a lot better as football games went on. 
We'll discuss it when we come back. 216-474-0092. How concerning is it if the Browns went over Stefanski's head to hire Ken Dorsey? If it's not Stefanski's call, are there alarm bells going off in your head? 216-474-0092. Because I'll tell you, I'm no more concerned than I was by the end of the season getting ready for Deshaun Watson next year. Ken Carmen, Anthony Lyman, take us with you to work on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 